Welcome once again, Bears fans, back to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And uh, we're happy to be uh, back uh, in your neck of the woods as we get going with what our group uh, finally, we got, we, we finally got to watch the draft um, and we've been doing uh, some pontificating and hopefully uh, we'll have some things to share uh, and the old guys will be able to uh, give us something back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. Sorry that it took us a little bit longer to get this episode out after the draft happened. We were originally planning to record, I think, last Sunday, but had some scheduling snafus. So here we are. Um, <laughs> I think in general, though, it, there's been a lot of reaction already out there about the Bears draft. And no surprise, that's what we're planning to break down today. So it's kind of funny. We've talked about this for feels like a year now. What, right. what they're gonna what they're gonna do in this draft? And we did our preview episodes, and a couple of these guys we did talk about. Um, and I think we're just gonna go through the picks and give our reaction. So we'll start with somebody that we called out on this podcast. Jim called it. Darnell Wright, baby, uh, the tackle from Tennessee, and. I think even the bigger story with that pick is not necessarily who they picked, but who they didn't pick, which oh. after all of that, Jalen Carter was, was there for the Bears, and they decided to pass on him, and they went with Darnell Wright instead. So I guess what was your reaction to that? Well, number one, um, first, kudos to Jim for calling it out. Uh, so my I thought about that afterwards. Darnell Wright... One of the things that I hadn't read before the draft was his versatility. I thought he was strictly right tackle. It turns out wrong. Uh, he's played left tackle. He's played right tackle. He's also played guard. But he, and he really took his drafts. He really started to play well when they moved him to right tackle. But yeah. they also moved him to right tackle. I think after his sophomore year. Yep. So makes sense that as he was just getting more experienced and just having more time in college, that his play started to improve so we don't know if that's necessarily because they moved him to right tackle or if it just so happened that his improvement coincided with the position change yeah and uh either way um i i just i, I was surprised that he that he had moved around um i thought i thought he was strictly right tackle and that just seemed kind of like a pigeonhole pick and and polls hasn't seemed to make that kind of pick before um, I do. I still admit, though, if Paris Johnson would have been on the board, I would have thought that we would have gone with Paris Johnson. Paris Johnson did end up going a lot earlier than most people uh, had him going. Yeah. Um, but I am super happy. Jim and I are both super happy with Darnell. Uh, Darnell Wright, uh, 42 games in college. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I just have wanted the Bears to address tackle for so long. And it's just felt like they're consistently been kicking the can down the road. So the fact that they finally used a first round pick and a top 10 pick on tackle, I'm excited about. It's not necessarily the sexiest pick, but if they're right about Braxton Jones and if the scouting reports on Darnell Wright are all correct, then that means the Bears have locked up their two tackle positions for the foreseeable future, which is really exciting. And yeah, to your point Huge. about uh, yeah, to your point about versatility, I've seen Darnell Wright say that he wants to play left tackle. Um, 
I, I think a lot of people are assuming that he's going to slot into right tackle, but and it's the NFL. If you want to play left tackle, go win the job. Right. And Darnell Wright's pedigree is obviously much better than Braxton Jones. Darnell Wright is from the SEC. He's a top 10 pick. Braxton Jones is a fifth round pick. So right. we'll see how that competition shakes out. But I, I'm definitely not operating under the assumption that Darnell, jo- uh, Darnell Wright can only play right tackle. Yeah. I, I think that's probably where he's going to be on day one of camp. But as we know, the NFL things change. And if he comes in and puts on a show as a rookie and shows that he can be trusted to take over the left side, I don't think that's out of the question either. So I think the big takeaway is they got a really good offensive tackle. A lot of people that I read leading up to the draft had him as one of the best two or three tackles in the draft. And the reason that I think that he wasn't necessarily being mentioned with Johnson or Skaronsky or uh, the Georgia guy, Broderick Jones. I think the reason for that is because a lot of people just assumed that Darnell Wright was going to slot into right tackle, but we're going to see how that plays out. I think the Bears got a really good football player, and I'm excited to see how he performs in, in camp and in his rookie year. Good football player, key right there. You know, it, that's the thing. It's true. It's true, right? So, you know, the, uh, one of the things that I took away from this is that uh, I, I read this uh, this this post a few a, a couple of years ago about how it is so important for uh, tackles for linemen to have like big asses and if you look at darnell right huge ass so he's probably going to be really good it's <laughs> all there is to it uh yeah i mean you just and and the more you hear about the kid the more likable he becomes when you hear about the workout that they put him through where they, it sounds like they just basically tried to make him walk off the field yeah and he just wouldn't do it first of all i didn't even realize that was allowed like, <laughs> I, I was kind of surprised that his agent wasn't like no 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 <laughs> you're not you're not putting him through that that difficult of a physical test before he's drafted but i guess kudos to him for agreeing to do it and for impressing the bears uh in that and then you just hear him interviewed and he's talking about wanting to be the best tackle in the league and wanting to prove that he was the best tackle in the draft. So it sounds like the attitude's all there. The production is certainly there uh, from college. We The famous Will Anderson quote about him being the best tackle that he ever went against. And all you have to do is look at the numbers and some of his tape from when he was at Tennessee. I think it's a pick that Bears fans should be really excited about. I think that they've got a really good player that's going to play tackle for a long time. And, and that's something that's been a bit of a revolving door. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and these, like you said, uh, whether he's going to play right or whether he's going to play left, we already know as Bears fans from, from polls, uh, history last, last year, he's going to put the best five guys out there wherever, wherever the coaching staff believes, um, wherever SEMO believes is, uh, it, it, wherever they believe that the best five guys are out there on the field, that's what's going to happen. Um, Braxton Jones also, uh, he's already shown the ability to uh, come come out there and have a great attitude. Um, I, I, you know, I've given kudos to him on the show before. 
and deservedly so for what he did last year. I don't think whether he moved to right tackle would mean a thing to him. I I think he's all about just improving as a player. Uh, I was just looking here. uh, Darnell Wright allowed one sack in 454 pass blocking snaps as a senior. As you said, in the SEC, uh, they have video of him holding his own, winning against Will Anderson, you know, um, and uh, a couple of other of the NFL defense events. So, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, this, yeah, this isn't Braxton Jones. This isn't Southern Utah in the fifth round. This is taking a big, a, a big guy from a, a powerhouse school, uh, certainly, arguably the the you know the best uh, conference in the nation, and saying, "Yep, we think you're the guy." So, yeah, we think you're worth the top ten pick. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, obviously, fair or unfair, it'll always go down as the person that they drafted instead of Jalen Carter. Yeah, what was your take on that? So, you know, the thing is, is that. Um, and somebody, I'm, I'm stealing this from somebody, uh, one of the talking heads, uh, you know, nine other teams or eight other teams had the chance to take Carter as well. Yeah. Um, not to mention that, you know, the amount of teams that could have traded up to get him. Yes. We all know that all the talking heads had him listed as your, your number one prospect in the draft. Well, it wasn't just the traffic stuff that, that made him fall that far. I, I just, I don't believe that. There has to be something else there because otherwise, you know, you'd, you'd look at that as a self-contained incident and say, okay, you know, he, he, he screwed up here. He did something that it w- was dumb. It wasn't the end of the world. You know, I mean, yes, somebody got killed in the incident, but he didn't have anything to do with uh, that guy losing control of his vehicle or, uh, or was it a young woman? Yeah. I don't remember. Anyway, the point is, is that, you know, he, while it was tragic and it shouldn't have happened and he was doing something illegal, he stepped forward and just said, you know what? I did something that was stupid. I did something illegal. Give me my stuff. And he did. Yeah. With what we know about the NFL, if there's not any ongoing legal threat, yeah, they typically don't let that affect their decision one way or another. Right. So I think you're right in that. Think that the attention around that incident probably brought to light some other things that maybe teams just felt were too high of a risk. And I know Biggs had in one of his columns that Carter was not impressive in some of his visits with certain teams. Right. We don't know if one of those was the Bears or not, but these teams all talk. Yeah. And I think that it's pretty simple, and it's just obviously the Bears didn't want him. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily have to mean that Jalen Carter's a, a bad guy or that he's. Lazy, it's just that, think about what that investment would have been for the Bears. He would have been the most important person on the defense. Right. Because he would have been, I believe, the highest drafted player. I would have to check on uh, Tremaine Edmonds. But either the highest or the second highest drafted player. (laughs) The most important position when you're talking about three technique. Yeah. And the team's top ten pick. So that's a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility to put on... uh, a, a, a man that's what 22 23 years old right uh that would be a lot for anybody to handle so you got to be really really blown away with the character if you're going to give that amount of responsibility to a player and the bears just obviously didn't you know, they obviously didn't feel that way about carter and 
it's not apples to apples when you're talking about the Eagles. Because when you go to the Eagles, what I just said, all that goes out the window. On the Eagles, he's a really good player on a defense full of really good players. Right. And established leaders. And players that have been there for five, six, seven, eight years. Like, remember when we went through the Eagles roster after the Super Bowl? Yeah. It's guys that have been there forever. So... They're deep. It, it's it's very, very different. And if Jalen Carter goes to the Eagles and is great, it doesn't necessarily mean that the Bears made a mistake by passing on him because they didn't want him based on where they are in their rebuild and where they are on their defense. And I think it's, I think it's just that simple. The other part of it um, that I thought about is uh, we all, you know, all Bears fans were pretty much of the opinion that that Poles was probably going to take an offensive tackle or a defensive tackle, right? A, a, one of your trench guys, right? It, 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 most people were on that. And so in uh, one way to simply look at it is he chose that at this point in the team's development, he wanted a top offensive tackle yeah. more than he wanted a top defensive tackle. I think that's the other thing, too, is maybe they just didn't want to go defense there. Yeah, because what does he do the next day? He gets two defensive tackles. Yeah. Plus, uh, he got another one on the next day, and he also brought in one via free agency in Billings. Right. So four defensive tackles he brought in this year? Yep. So, you know... Obviously, he saw that I want a franchise. I want a franchise offensive lineman on my on my offensive line. That's that's what he saw. To me, that's what he saw there, and he saw that as more important than trying to put in a, a franchise defensive lineman. Um, and instead was like, you know what, I can get, I can get some really good defensive linemen. They might not be elite. And you know, if, uh, if Carter does turn out to be elite, maybe our guys aren't elite, but they could also be really great lunch pail guys. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we can look at adding an elite defensive end next year. Right. I, I think that's, I think that's all right. Um, I just think that they, Obviously, for whatever reason, whether it's what we just talked about or, or something that we didn't touch on, they just decided that they were going to go a different direction, and that's, yeah. that's why they traded the pick. Yeah, so. and I think if you really, uh, if you're going to compare uh, the Bears, if Bears fans out there want to compare something, I guess that what you would look at is, you know, how does uh, Darnell Wright compare, uh, you know, later in their career, how they end up comparing with Peter Skaronsky or Broderick Jones right. because of the, those were the other guys that were right there that were you know slotted and you know Skaronsky went with uh, the very next pick right so um, but Skaronsky again picked by everyone to not play tackle right. uh, at the next level um, so you and I talked about that many times we both wanted a tackle you know. Uh, I want a guy that not only has a bunch of experience playing tackle, but that's what he's projected to play. I mean, the size difference between the two is huge. <laughs> Total tangent, but did you see the story today about uh, Skaronsky's visit with the Falcons? Huh. Apparently, Arthur Smith, the coach of the Falcons, was like not listening to any of his answers. <laughs> and at one point made a comment that 
Skaronsky was boring. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what a what a dope. I know, right? <laughs> that, that's a, that, that just goes back to that, the last episode when we were just ripping on the Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, Art, uh, Peter Skaronsky went uh, Northwestern. He's probably smarter than you. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's, he's a, a top... 12 pick in the NFL draft, so he's probably going to make a lot more money than you two. Just what an idiot. But anyway, back to the Bears. Um, I, I think that that's probably all we need to touch on Carter. I, I hope he does well yeah. in, in Philly. I'm, I'm glad he didn't go to Detroit or the Packers yeah. or the Vikings where you'd have to see him twice a year. I think he probably will do really well in Philly. Um, and I guess Bears fans can choose to compare him to how Darnell Wright was, but... It's pointless yeah. to do so because the draft went the way it was and the Bears had a chance to pick Jalen Carter and they did not. So let's move on to – I want to do – you want to do the two defensive tackles together uh, even though they weren't picked consecutively. Sure. Gervon Dexter in the second round, Zach Pickens in the third round. Um, interesting, just maybe one more point on Carter – I, I I learned that I guess coming out of high school, Gervon Dexter was actually a higher rated prospect than Jalen Carter. Yeah, which, he, he a lot a lot. I mean, there's a history on that guy. Yeah, I mean, elite talent. Um, I don't think the production necessarily showed up at Florida, and I, that's that's a common theme between both Dexter and Pickens was that I, I think. Based on their potential, the production was maybe a little underwhelming when they were in college, which to me is a little scary, but that's also why they weren't first-round picks. Yeah. Because they're elite talents when you just look at the athleticism and you look at the potential that's there. So I think the Bears are counting on Matt Eberflus and this defensive coaching staff to coach these guys up and to turn them into the kind of elite pass-rushing defensive tackles that you need in a 4-3 defense? Uh, I think uh, what I saw in in the draft is a theme. Uh, players that fit the bill uh, physically, right? right. Uh, I mean, look at... Uh, uh, Look at our Javon here. He's six foot six, three hundred ten pounds, and he ran a four eight eight. You know uh, that guy literally could run you over, right? <laughs> like very, like it sounds like he's just in terms of his measurables, very uh, similar to DeForest Buckner is the the comp I saw. Yeah, and that's a that's a pretty good comp. Uh, yeah, if he's turns out to be as good as DeForest <laughs> Buckner, that's great. That was a top yeah. ten pick. So. I mean, you, you see uh, a lot of length, you see a lot of speed, um, and you do see a lot of upside. But these, but these upside picks are not made with no history behind them. Made twenty four starts in thirty eight games. So I, I noticed this uh, as, as as part of his team is that his guys are all experienced. I mean, we're not seeing. Um, you know what? Let's spend the number two overall pick on a guy who only played 13 games in college. Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, gosh, for the life of me, I can't remember who I was listening to. I think it might have been Rod Marinelli. But oh, yeah, Rod Marinelli it, liked it. If it was, but I, I can't remember if exactly who said this. But they were talking about when you're looking for three technique, 
at the NFL level, you're not necessarily drafting someone that was an elite three technique in college. It's like you're, you're looking for traits. You're looking for guys that have the physical ability and the want to, right? Because that's a position where you're, you're getting beat up. You're, you're getting hit on every play by really, really big men. So you have to really love football to want to put yourself through that punishment. So he's saying that you can find three techniques in a lot of different positions in college. So I, I think that's what the Bears did with both of these picks was they see upside and they see players that have athlete, uh, elite athletic scores. And, you know, they, they see them as the defensive tackles of the future because think about back to the lovey defenses. When, when those defenses were really going – the Bears were rotating three or four defensive tackles, and right. they were sending guys in there that could get up the field and get after the quarterback, and that would make an impact by collapsing the inside of that pocket. So I, that's what Eberflus sees in these guys, and I think that's what they're trying to build their defense around. I, I was happy that they used two of their higher picks on defensive tackles because that's another huge position in need. And right. it, 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 it was a, a glaring absence last year. And you saw that because teams were able to run all over the bears and every first down was a six yard run yeah. and th- there was just no resistance at all. So I, I think that when you add these two players, hopefully the defensive coaching staff can get them coached up. And then, yeah, you've got Justin Jones still, you've got Billings, you've got some of these other signings that, can probably play inside a little bit. So I, I think they're, they're building their defense from the inside out, and that's exciting. Yeah, you know, the, um, and, and that's, a, that's the exact way I look at it, too. Um, he had the, you know, we were talking about Carter. Instead of going with, you know, the big name, he was like, you know what, I'm going to just grab me two guys, like you said, fiery passion, right? How many times have you read that with these guys that he's bringing in? This, you know, huge passion to play football. He right? definitely has that. That's definitely something that matters to them. It, it, it is. It is. And uh, you know, uh, also a lot of you know a lot of potential. And then, like I said, that length, that speed. Um, he's shown that he wants guys that fit the position physically. Uh, you know, suddenly we're going from having essentially Justin Jones last year, and now we have four new guys competing to play those two spots. Yeah. And like you said, it's going to be rotational, always is. But the point is, is for Flus uh, and uh, Alan Williams to be able to um, uh, to get after the quarterback from the front four. Right. In, in so also this, I, you know, I, I read it pointed out, and it's an obvious thing, but I hadn't thought of it was to also make it so that our new linebackers can roam free. Right. I mean, that's one of the reasons that they went and got Edmonds is because he is really good in that free range uh, kind of position. Yeah, and one other thing that I was reading about because I think a lot of people were surprised that the Bears didn't take an edge rusher. Yeah, but. A lot of NFL offense now is getting the ball out really, really quickly. Yeah. So a lot of people think that as the NFL continues to go in that direction, your interior pass rush is going to be, become more important than what's coming from the edge just because go watch Mahomes, go watch Herbert, go watch these elite quarterbacks. The ball's getting out 
right after the snap. There's not enough time for somebody that's coming around the edge to make an impact because that ball is gone by the time that they even really get to the tackle. So right. you, you need a lot of push up the middle to make that quarterback uncomfortable and to disrupt those quick timing offenses. And the other thing I always think about from those lovey defenses is that Super Bowl year, I just remember the amount of passes that got batted down at the line. Yeah. When you had Tommy Harris and you had Ian Scott, Alfonso Boone. Like, <laughs> I just remember those guys collapsing the pocket and getting their hands up and just trying to disrupt those quick passing lanes. And I think that's obviously what they're envisioning here. That's why that they prioritized defensive tackle. And the other nice thing that comes with already having Justin Jones, Billings, some other options is that these guys don't necessarily have to step in right away and be the guy. Right. The hope is that they can be solid rotational pieces right away and then develop into that every down pass rusher that you think of when you think of DeForest Buckner or Chris Jones. That was the other comp I saw on Gervon Dexter was that he's similar to Chris Jones, which signed me up for that because yeah. that's a that's a real difference maker that, that that's in Kansas City and that, yeah. that's probably what Ryan Poles sees. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, sign me up. Um, you know, uh Jones has been a key piece for uh the Chiefs uh in in their in their titles. And so this is a we're we we always have to keep in mind, and it's been said a million times by us and others, is that he is starting from scratch, and so he's he's looking at it and he's trying to upgrade all these different spots. Which wow, did he do a good job of upgrading like lots of spots <laughs> yeah. uh, this year? Um, I don't think anybody can look at the defensive line and say it's going to be as bad as it was last year. I mean, I just I don't see that happening. Right? <laughs> wow, that's a pretty low bar. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It's a, it's a, it's a very low bar. But uh, last year was just ridiculous. But your right? point your point is a good one though yeah. because yeah, it, it, you can be upset that they didn't draft an edge rusher. But they've signed a couple that are better than what was here. Yeah. And Poles addressed this. He said, you're not going to be able to fix everything in one draft. And so they obviously view edge rush as a place where you can go out and and find somebody. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a couple more veteran signings. There's still some guys out there. uh, Yannick Ngakwe, Frank Clark. Jadavian Clowney, like none of these guys are super exciting, which is why they're still available, but they're veterans that can at least be better than what we were watching for a large portion of last year. And they obviously just thought that whether it's how their board fell or whether it's just more how they're viewing the plan for this defense, they just prioritized the inside. And I I think that's fine. Um, And build through the draft. He's, He's hammered that and hammered that. The last guy did too, but he never actually did it. <laughs> <laughs> so this, that you know, these uh, most of these free, uh, friend of the show, Matt, he he did point out something good. He said 
And, and with free agency, most of them that are coming in are only getting one-year deals, right? Or they're getting multi-year deals that are really one-year deals. Right, right. Like, right. You always see these three-year deals, and then the guy's released after one year. Yeah, and that's the thing is, is that that's because he doesn't view those guys as... He, he's not necessarily looking at those guys as, oh, I've got to, you know, I, I've got to make my uh, make a, a three-year deal for this guy because I, I need a guy at that spot. He's looking at him as looking at him more like, well, I'm going to bring you in. You're going to have your chance to take that spot, but don't worry, I'm going to be drafting somebody too. So you're going to be going ahead and contesting with them, and whoever is the whoever is the guy, that's the guy that's going to get the money, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, four defensive tackles. Um, I, I feel pretty confident that we're going to get two decent ones out of that. You would hope so. Not um, to mention that Jones did a good job last year. And what? He's 27, I think? Yeah, that that's for sure. Is that even the guys that he signs are, are typically young. And Ryan Poles even said that. He said in one of his press conferences, it's a young man's game. Yeah. So that's the idea is you want to... Build your team around players that you drafted or that you signed that are hitting free agency for the first time. You don't want to build your your team like Ryan Pace did, where when Ryan Pace got fired, the Bears had the oldest roster in the NFL. Yeah, and they and they sucked. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a good combo, old and bad. He, he, you know, he played he he played our roster reactive instead of proactive. He was constantly just buying guys and filling holes, right? And it, it just you if you want to really build a team that's going to be competitive for a long time, that's just not the way you do it. Um, okay, so uh, we've got pick one down. We've got pick two down. Uh, number 56 overall, Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback from Miami. Uh I like this pick a lot. Yeah, this is a pick I'm really excited about seeing. Very much so. Uh, after I read a little bit about him, um, you know, they have a note in here, uh, a player who can contend to start opposite Jalen Johnson. I think he can contend to be the number one corner. <laughs> well, he better he better be starting opposite of Jalen Johnson because the alternative is Jalen Jones. So, <laughs> I, I obviously think the Bears drafted... Uh, this guy to be a day one starter and yeah everything that I've heard about Stevenson I I just love physical corner love those guys perfect for what Matt Eberflus wants to do sounds like he's got a bit of an attitude which is always something that I think can bring a little bit of juice to the defense and just sounds like a really good player too I mean when when we get to a lot of these day two, day three guys like we're not scouts so right we're relying on a lot of what other analysts say and just everybody that I saw just absolutely loved this pick by the Bears yep obviously the Bears felt strongly because this I think was the first time that Ryan Poles has traded up for a pick yeah so it's clearly somebody they identified as being a great fit and just everything I I read about him it it makes you understand why they think that and once again we're looking at um deep metrics on this right uh six foot four 214 pounds Great size, right? For um, that's just about the uh, the the prototype size that you want on a corner. Good speed, of course, uh, but uh, 
Stevenson, who allowed a 17 QBR as primary defender in coverage over the last two seasons, which ranked 11th among all Power 5 conference players with at least 500 plays in coverage, right? Okay, that's a whole lot of stuff to string together, right? But when you look at that, that means that most of the time he's sticking like glue uh, on his guy. And when he is close, he's he's defending that so that you're getting an incompletion, a pass deflection, or maybe an interception. Yeah, I love it. And it, it seems like the Bears have their secondary kind of locked in now for the foreseeable future because... You've got Gordon, you've got Stevenson, who are both Poles picks. You've got Jalen Johnson, who's only 24, who Poles has talked about wanting to extend. I think we'll probably see that this offseason. I think the Bears would be crazy to let him go into his final year because he, he's too good of a player, and cornerbacks just always get paid. So I, I, always. Think, I think that extension will get done, and then... Eddie Jackson and Brisker, too. I mean, Jackson's the veteran, but he's still, I think, 29. Yeah. So he's still got some good football left in him. So those are the five secondary players that I think you can pencil in as your starters going forward. Um, Obviously, they they need to add more depth. They drafted a corner later on. Go Gophers. Yeah. Um, and, (laughs) And they'll bring more guys in, too, in addition to I thought they had some players on the team last year that, that profile is good backup still. So Earl Hicks. If you think of him, <laughs> if, if, you, if you think about where that secondary was even two years ago, is Vildor still here? Yeah, uh, I think he still is. Yeah. So, I mean, if you just think about what this looked like uh, in the last year of Ryan Pace, I think this secondary looks like it could be one of the top ones in the league, assuming health. So yeah, I, I think that I, this pick is just one that, I love because I just have a, so- a soft spot for cornerbacks in general, and I- I- I'm excited to see Stevenson uh, get uh, himself up to speed in this defense. I think he's going to make an impact pretty much right away. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we think about how bad the secondary was, you know, just... I'm noticing a theme in this conversation. Yeah, just to... It, it is. It, it, you know what, though? Uh, the one thing I um, one thing I keep in mind though is yes the the team was absolutely awful last year everybody knows that but the team bef- the, the team the year before that wasn't very good either no. I mean it was barely above that and that was supposed to be that was supposed to be a team that was supposed to be good enough to contend for the playoffs <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't close yeah, narrator they did not <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, all uh, what I'm trying to point at, and, and and Jim knows this, but we're just trying to point out that the arrow is pointing up, right? Yeah. The the uh, when when you look at the flow chart, uh, we're we're moving we're moving in an upward manner. Uh, that's poles. I, I believe firmly that's one of poles' uh, main main parts of doing this is looking at the team with. Uh, the fans going, wow, you know, this this guy's pretty good. This guy over here is pretty good. Maybe not elite or great, but pretty good. And pretty good, if you've got 53 guys that are all pretty good, you've suddenly got yourself a pretty good football team. Yeah, and that, that's the thing I loved about this draft is, is that every pick, like at least through like round six, just made perfect sense to me. Right. It's like position of need. Uh, great athletic scores, great attitudes, um, 
productive in college for the most part. Like, you, you didn't have to hear any, like, nonsense when it came to any of these guys. There are clear football reasons why all these players were drafted. Sounds like they all have very high football character. And this is not an original thought by me, so I'm stealing it a little bit. But, like, you're not hearing about Mitchell Trubisky's car. Or, Or like, the the fact that he's, he's like, been... Like, all the Ryan Pace stuff about, like, oh, this guy's had the same girlfriend since he was 16 years old. So, like, that means he's going to be a good football player. Like, you're you're not hearing any of that stuff with these guys. It's all about what they're capable of doing on the field. And it, it all just made perfect sense to me. And, and who knows? They, they could all be awful. Yeah. That's the NFL draft. It's possible. So, sometimes these things just don't work out. And I don't think that is the case, but... I think unlikely. Yeah. But they're not all going to be great. <laughs> There's probably a bust in here. But I, I can confidently sit down and, and just look at all these picks and say, I completely understand what the Bears are looking at here. You're not you're not seeing guys from schools you've never heard of. You're not seeing guys that are projects at least at this point of the draft. Right. Uh, th- these are all players that I, I think can be pretty impactful right away, and I, I think that's that's exciting, especially when you're yeah. Here's our second it. round pick from Ashland. Yeah. So you know, and we we hey we pick on uh, Shaheen, but you know what? He deserves it. <laughs> and honestly, the Bears have made worse picks. At least Adam Shaheen like, played in the NFL for like six years. Yeah, he actually played. Like, the, the Bears have drafted guys in the second round that I'm pretty sure never played a snap. They, they never even got on the roster. So, yeah, so, uh, no, you know what? Uh, and, and, you know, all roses aside, we recognize that, as Jim was saying, these guys could all turn out to be a bust. That's But... From his development process of getting to that day, of getting to the draft, um, when you see the depth uh, that that's what one of the things that we're you know talking about here, when you see that that depth that he goes to in making these selections, it's like, yeah, really. If I'm looking at the if I'm looking at the floor, I'm guessing that this guy would be at least a rotational uh, rotational backup, right? I mean, not. Uh, not um, a, a total throw of the dice uh, uh, or a roll of the ball on roulette like, oh my God, is he or isn't he, right? I mean, they, they seem like um, you know they'll, they'll be at least Joe Lunchbox guys. Yeah, let's hope so. So continuing on, uh, Roshan Johnson. Th- this is a pick that there was a lot of excitement about because I think a lot of... The, a lot of buzz, yeah. The, the consensus seems to be that if... Roshan Johnson hadn't been playing behind Bijan Robinson at Texas, that he probably would have been a second round pick. And so the fact the Bears got him in the fourth round is pretty good. It seems like he's got a lot of explosiveness. Seems like just an all around really solid football player. Seems like could be a really good running back, someone that Big dude. projects to be a starter, but also has a lot of ability on special teams and as a receiver and as a blocker. So it just seems like an all around really good football player. Seems like 10 out of 10 in terms of, like, the character, just team leader, someone that stayed at Texas when he probably could have transferred. So I, I think this is a pick that, you know, it's, it's a running back. So sometimes running backs just get hurt and can't stay on the field or are bad. But I, I think that this kid sounds like he has all the intangibles. It seems like he has a lot of talent, too. So I think somebody that I could see being a big part of this offense for the next you know, several years. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, another, another part of 
uh, Pohl's theme is he wants a bunch of guys. Um, well, that's overstating the obvious, okay? That he wants a bunch of guys all competing for that spot, right? But it's what it is is it's more like you know uh, he, he decided not to stick with Montgomery, right? He he let Montgomery go. Montgomery was a solid a, a solid football player. Um, it, it certainly didn't seem like he he did that because he didn't think that. But he also saw I only have this much to work with, mm-hmm. and I this is the way it struck him as being is I don't have enough out of the pie that a pie of resources that I have at this point at this juncture to give that much of it to David Montgomery. David Montgomery just wasn't that fast, right? Exactly. Like, I, I, I don't know what like the Bears just have had these kind of like slower running backs right when you talk about jordan howard and david montgomery i I think they want more explosiveness yeah khalil herbert is certainly herbert is the is a broke a break from the mold yeah herbert's certainly explosive roshan johnson is explosive uh who's the other who's the other guy they brought in foreman yeah he's got more explosiveness than david montgomery so it's clear that that's just more what they want from their running back position which sounds like makes perfect sense like fast running backs are good well so, and homer too and, yeah, uh, he, homer's more of a special teams guy he's yeah. more of a special teams guy but i know he does run the ball um, um, and the other thing i like about this is i think it's it shows that they're not willing to let a mistake compound because this this feels like the end of Treston abner <laughs> and i i don't want to bag on him too much because there's a sixth round pick and you know, he just didn't work out last year, but... But he can block. No. He can't, he can't block. That. I, I don't he can't think. block, no. So I, I I think, I mean, maybe Ebner still ends up on the practice squad, but I, I like the idea of, hey, just because we might have missed on somebody doesn't mean we have to keep giving them the roster spot. Yes. Like, it, it sometimes... Bears it's, fans should be very familiar with that. That was always the thing with Pace, where it's like, we're going to pay Jimmy Graham $10 million again this year to be on the field five percent of the time like yeah sometimes you make mistakes every general manager does it in the draft and in free agency nobody hits 100 floyd leonard floyd it it became very obvious that he was not going to stick with the team so instead of him uh, instead of pace taking an opportune time when you maybe still had some good stock on him and trading him at that point nope he let it wait as long as he possibly could and we got nothing for him yeah so, I I, I just th- like that idea. And that, that doesn't really surprise me with Poles, just having observed him for a year. He seems like a pretty pragmatic guy that can admit a mistake. So, I don't know if Treston Ebner's, like, done on the Bears. Like I said, I'm, I'm sure that they'll maybe keep him on the practice squad. Yeah. But I, I just like that they're saying, all right, there, there's a clear need and, and we're going to invest again in this position, even though it means we're probably... Uh, phasing out somebody that we just drafted a year ago. Well, and that could be, um, you know, like you said, no harm, no foul. Uh, I know one thing, um, again, a deep dive on, on the metrics. Uh, it says that, uh, you know, uh, Johnson creates a lot of yards by breaking tackles, averaged almost four yards after contact per rush on 93 carries last year, yeah. right? 
Duh, when you look at that compared to what you know and have seen about David Montgomery, that's a big difference, yeah. right? Yeah, this guy's got a lot of talent. Yeah. I, I think the reason that most people hadn't heard of him was just simply because he stuck he was, behind Bijan Robinson, who is a pretty elite talent because he got drafted in the top 10 as a running back, which doesn't really happen. Which doesn't happen anymore. So... I'm excited to see what Roshan Johnson does because the fact that he was a backup at Texas tells me, number one, just fewer, less mileage, right? Yeah. Like he's taking fewer hits, which is good. And also, I think it just says something about his his character because you can pretty much transfer wherever you want, whenever you want in college now. So the fact that he was willing to stay and, and be a backup and be a team guy and still produce to the point where he's a fourth-round pick – I just think that says a lot about his character and just goes along with the theme that they're adding high character guys to the locker room. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if we look back and say Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, maybe their careers don't even end up being <laughs> that different because that happens with, with running backs. I mean, ask the Giants about if they're happy they took Saquon Barkley in the top 10. Doesn't mean Saquon Barkley's been bad, but you see guys like Tony Pollard that were drafted far later that have produced at about the same level. Yeah. Uh, well, um, you know, you don't even have to ask the Giants because actions speak louder than words, and their action was that they had to slap the franchise tag on him because they didn't they didn't use his uh, fifth year option. You know, so um, I mean that that says a lot. Yeah. Uh, so you know, um, again, putting a lot of pieces in place. Uh, to make it so that he doesn't have to depend on one guy being the guy, right? Uh, there's a, there's only a few spots in the team where it's clear, like, uh, you know, uh, and, and that's Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright is being brought in as a franchise guy, right? That's why they used pick number 10 on him, uh, because he's expected to be, come in immediately, be a shining star, and you know, uh, be and block uh, as Matt says, keep uh, uh, protect the Lambo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, uh, <coughs> probably the last pick I think we need to spend a lot of time on, but Tyler Scott, yes, um, this I, I had speed, yeah, fast, like a lot of excitement around this pick, too, because it's just another seems like quality receiver and. I don't know why he fell so far, because I think a lot of people had thought he could have gone higher than he did, but another wide receiver to add to the room, he he sounds very similar to Darnell Mooney, honestly, which I don't know if that means they're looking at him as the replacement for Darnell Mooney, but perhaps um, really, really fast, kind of a smaller guy, but can just fly, so... You kind of look at the Bears' wide receivers, and it's like the Bears' wide receiver room looks actually pretty good. Wow. Question mark. <laughs> well, you know, though, just uh, again, this was my this was my point. Earl, this is the point I was trying to make is that just so drastically different than what we saw last year and the year before that. I mean, it's amazing how quickly polls has changed just the makeup. Of it, right? Do we know that all these players are going to be good? No, nobody can predict that. That's not the point. The point is, is that what he that he is putting a lot of talent in place, and just using the natural law of averages, some of it's going to work. Yeah, I mean, you, you think back to 
even going into last year, so less than a, a calendar year ago. Right. When we were sitting there talking about the skill positions. And I know Poles hasn't drafted or acquired all the players I'm about to say, but you, you just look around now and you've got DJ Moore, uh, Claypool, Mooney, Tyler, uh, Tyler, Tyler Scott, Komet, Tunyon, Johnson, Herbert, like... It's a lot of talent. We, we were talking about Equinemius St. Brown, yeah. right? Being the fifth or sixth receiver, yeah. you know? And and now, I mean, there there's just so much more talent. And a lot of those depth pieces are still here. I mean, Dante Pettis is still here. Equinemius St. Brown is still here. And a couple of those guys will be on the roster as, like, the sixth wide receiver now. Right. As it was the last year. I mean, the Bears lost a game because in a key play that on fourth down they were throwing it to equinemia st brown yep like you're not gonna see that this year and i just think that there is so much more talent on this offense now than there was even yeah that's gonna be dj more that he's gonna be throwing the ball to feel much better about that <laughs> so i i think this pick we'll, we'll see what the plan is for for tyler scott i assume that he's gonna have an opportunity to get starter reps right away because i mean mooney we don't know about his health but also just the fact that one of the things you don't want to get yourself in the position of is, is having to overpay for you know right for decent players because you don't have anybody behind them i mean we talk about adrian amos all the time yep and I didn't really have a big problem with them letting Amos go at the time because he got a huge contract from the Packers, but they never replaced him. Right. They didn't have anybody behind him. So I think that, sure, in, in hindsight, that looked like a bad move because the Bears never was, was able to replace that production. But if they had drafted a guy two years earlier that could have stepped into that role and been a, a good player for cheaper, that's how you build sustainable successes. You just keep drafting players that once a guy like Darnell Mooney gets done with his rookie contract and is about to get paid, you can replace him with a guy in his third year that's going to be making a million bucks, right? So I, I just like adding more depth to that room. I like adding the competition. And, you know, you, you feel much better having the, this group of receivers than you do with Byron Pringle and Equinemius St. Brown and Dante Pettis. Yeah, and I mean... Uh, that actually is a, an excellent example because you, everybody knows how I feel about that. I was pissed off that they uh, that they let him go, especially to the Packers. But it, it was it, it's ex that's a big reason that I was pissed was because they were using that pace was using that as his reason for letting him go. You know, oh well, we don't see the that we should allocate resources to Adrian Amos. Uh, at the strong safety position, we should look at bringing someone else in for a natural progression. Well, it's like you said, they let him go, but then they didn't replace him. And then they made it even worse by trying to replace him with Ha Ha Clinton Dix, right. who cost almost as much. And was bad. And was bad. And it's the same, like Pace did that same thing with Alshon Jeffrey. Like, exactly. Like, you don't, you don't want to pay Alshon Jeffrey fine, but where's the replacement? Right, you, you let him walk, and you replaced him with God knows what. When you look back at some of those rosters, but and it, it, you know, so we don't digress into it. it the, the 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 point is is that uh, it, it is exactly what Jim is pointing out here that you have multiple uh, a flexibility. Right, there's that word again. That's that's what it brings up again. Polls is thinking in depth. 
You know, he is thinking ahead of you. He's thinking about, you know, I don't want to lock myself into one guy here. I want to have versatility. I want to have flexibility. So that if one guy does come up to me and he's done, he has done really good and we think he should stay, but he's like, he's like Smith, Roquan Smith. Um, no, I don't think you're giving me enough money. Okay, we enjoyed having you here. We gave you what we believe was a very fair offer, and you chose to pass. And, and the other thing, too, is if, if Darnell Mooney wants to be here and he wants his big contract in Bears, go catch 1,500 yards next year. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's all about creating competition, and, and this stuff in the NFL just has, has a tendency to work itself out, which brings me to the next guy, and I don't, we don't have to spend too much time on Noah Sewell. Sounds like a good athlete, probably good <laughs> linebacker depth. But I was just well, ch- everybody knows his big brother. I, I was just laughing at this pick because immediately Bears Twitter and a bunch of other commentators come out asking, "What does this mean for Jack Sanborn?" <laughs> like, uh, I like having that problem. Like, you know what? You know what it means for Jack Sanborn if if he shows up to camp and he plays well, he's going to be on the team in a backup role. Right. And, and if he doesn't play well in camp, that he's not going to be on the team. Like, that's what this means for Jack Sanborn. Just, Bears fans are just hilarious. They just latch on to anybody that's been not awful. Yeah. And I, I, I think Jack Sanborn's a nice player. I'm sure he's going to be on the team. But it's just like, oh my gosh, they're replacing <laughs> the, the fourth linebacker on the roster. <laughs> Who played in at least four games last year. Yeah, he made some tackles. So, you <laughs> he know, had an interception that got and, called and, back. And, yeah, I, I jest, but it's true. I, I like having that problem. Please, please let us have more of the problem where we draft a guy and we're worried, we're wondering about some guy who was marginally good, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, like you said, if uh, if Sanborn can come out and be healthy and play great, awesome. I'd love it if he earned himself a starting job. Heck but yeah, if, but at the same time, it, again, this is Paul's uh, once again saying. I can't put all my eggs in a basket. I know I put. I know I just went and got two linebackers. I know I paid one of them a whole bunch of money. What that doesn't guarantee that the guy's going to be great. I believe he's going to be great, which is why I gave him the money. But at the same time, if something does happen, I don't want to just be standing here with my Johnson in my hand. Yeah, that's what you want on good teams, right? Is is you want your backups to actually be good? Yeah, like the Bears for the last couple of years have been in a bad spot because you get to training camp and you look at the roster and even the starters suck. Right. And, like the thing is with the NFL that by the time you're into week 14, a bunch of your starters are out and you need capable backups. And when you look at the roster and even the starters look terrible, that usually means you're going to have a really long year. And, and that's what's happened because by the end of the year, uh, at a lot of these positions, you're down to your third or your fourth guy. Right. And you just want to have depth there. So you're going to see drop off, but you don't want it to be a cliff. And that that's just like, on, whenever you look at these crowded position rooms, it always works itself out because of injuries or poor performance or guys that use the competition as a way to bring their game to a next level. So there's, there's never an issue when you're adding more good depth to your roster especially if you're worried that it might displace jack sandmore <laughs> makes me laugh um and we certainly hey we like jack sandmore i'm not even trying to make fun we, of him we, like he's we, a, 
we we want him to be on the team. It's just like I said, that is a good problem. Yeah. We do want to be drafting guys in the in the third and the fourth round, the fifth round, the sixth round who are pushing the guy that we already got who is an undrafted free agent. Well, well, he might lose his job. Well, you know, that's them's the berries. Yeah. Um okay, anything on any of these last picks, Terrell Smith, Travis Bell or Kendall Williamson? So, um the uh, one second here, I'm pulling that. So, uh, this uh, Terrell Smith, uh, actually, um, I've read more than a few things about him. Um, that he went later than uh, was expected. Uh, that people think that he can be, uh, a, you know, a, a solid player. You know, we're looking at him, you know, as a, as a, a number four yeah, corner I or like number it. five. I mean... That's that's that that's what you want to see, and you know, uh, in the first uh, in the breakdown on him, it says that he lost his his starting role multiple times over five seasons at uh, at Minnesota. But as a senior, came out set career highs for tackles for loss, sacks, and interceptions. So that means that there's no quit in the kid. Right. You know, let's let let's see what you know he can do. Um, Last year, last season, he allowed 0.7 yards per coverage snap in zone versus 1.5 yards per coverage snap in man. That means that he's doing a pretty good job when he's when uh, uh, up against the receivers. He's playing. Um, Bell, I see, is he was just a really he, he was a really really athletic player. Um, you know, he played at a very small school. Produced big time at a very small school. And it sounded like, just looking into him a little bit, is that he had some opportunities to transfer out of Kennesaw, but it sounds like he liked it there, and I think had some extenuating circumstances off the field that maybe made him want to stay there. So, I mean, Ryan Pohl said he was, like, his favorite human in the draft. (laughs) So, obviously, the Bears found something that they really identified with on the character side, and like you said, he's got a lot of athletic traits too so super tested well at the combine 30 reps on bench yeah i mean when you're when you're talking about the seventh round you're you're talking about a lot of guys that are not going to be in the nfl for very long so if they found somebody that they think has the upside to maybe be a, a rotational player and just be a good uh guy in the building then by all means, you can't really screw up a pick in the seventh round because yeah. they're, 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 they're getting drafted in the seventh round for a reason. Yeah, and, you know, um, it's just an it's another guy to throw in there. Uh, he certainly sounds like he's a heck of an athlete. Uh, not only that 30 reps at the bench, which is that easily pushes the guys that are coming from the Power 5 schools, uh, but a thirty-two and a half vertical. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's quite a big jump for for a guy that size. I but. hope just based on like the limited amount I've learned, he sounds like an awesome kid. I, I hope he's awesome, right? Like right. I, I hope that they those just, are the guys that you cheer for. I, right? I hope that they just found somebody in the seventh round that can just come in and just be a <laughs> be an ass kicker. Um, real quickly on Smith too. I mean, it just goes back to. I feel like you need six corners to get through a year. So if they added right. if they added more depth there, then I think that's a, a good use of a fifth round pick. Yeah, and the last one, uh, you know, uh, Williamson again. Um, here's a guy that I read that went a little lower than uh, people thought that he would. The, the talking heads thought he would. Um, you know, uh, you can always use another guy in the secondary. 
uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, uh, if he's, uh, got the chops to, to stick as a, as a backup behind Brisker or Jackson, um, certainly can use a guy for that. And, uh, you know, it's, a it, he came from, uh, he, he played a lot at Stanford and, uh, you know, that's a, that's a good school, uh, as far as, um, uh, it's, it's had a pretty good football program over the, uh, over the last few years. Oh, I wanted to plug this. Um, Tyler Scott. In the last two seasons at Cincinnati, he caught 84 balls for 1,419 yards, 14 touchdowns, and at 16.5 yards per catch. Yeah. So, stretch the field. Wow. Uh, that means, yeah, a lot of speed there. Um, a lot of ability to uh, get past the uh, top of the uh, t- the top of the D and really push, um, which the Bears definitely need. And you know, Fields has shown that he can chuck that rock a long way. So, um, so uh, that's pretty much uh, how we doing. I wanted to call out one thing, and I normally don't spend too much time on undrafted free yeah. agents. But there's one guy that that is a little interesting, and that's Andre Sismet, who is the kicker from Syracuse. Oh. Apparently, he's actually a pretty legit kicking prospect. So I would not be at all surprised if you hear kind of as camp goes on that maybe he's in a bit more of a competition with Cairo Santos than... It might have originally, than most would have originally thought. Santos had some problems last year. Yeah, he sure did. I mean, there was too many misses last year. Right. Too many missed extra points. And it wasn't a huge problem last year because the Bears were, you know, trying to lose. Yeah. But when you're trying to win games, you can't have that. So, apparently, uh, I I don't even have any idea if I'm saying this guy's name right. But apparently, he's a legit prospect. He's really accurate from inside the forty. Has a stronger leg, too. Uh, apparently, one of the knocks on him was that he didn't kick off in college. So, maybe that's one of the reasons he didn't get drafted. But, apparently, pretty pretty legit prospect. And, I think it's just somebody to keep an eye on. I'm sure some of these other uh, UDFAs will make the team, too. Um, some of them will also be the worst football players you've ever seen. <laughs> um, but what, Wait, 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 wait. We, we do have to at least touch on... Tyson Badgett. Oh yeah! Hey, shout out, shout out, Shepherd. Yes, Shepherd University is coming to to training camp. Owns record for most touchdown passes across all NCAA divisions with one hundred and fifty nine. Oh man, uh, there was another. There's actually another guy from Shepherd that I think got signed, not by the Bears, but somebody else. I'm pretty sure signed a player from Shepherd. So yeah, here we go. Uh, Joey Fisher, offensive lineman, went to the 49ers as a UDFA. So credit to Chris for teaching me about a new university in this country, right? And also the fact that they have a football program and a quarterback that the Bears signed. He had a heck of a year last year. First team. Uh, uh, first team offensive player, uh, first team uh, in his in his conference and uh, offensive player of the year 
after throwing for 4,580 yards and 41 touchdowns. Hey, you know what? I That I'm, kind of production is hard to do no matter what level it is. And I'm pretty confident that he can probably be as good as Nathan Peterman. <laughs> I think so, so too. I, I don't know. Credit to Chris. It's a guy that I'm going to be rooting for now because uh, he came up on this podcast, so... Oh, look at it. He's got a sleeve. Yeah, so, 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 so Chris can take his victory lap on Tyson Bajent. I'll, I'll take mine on Darnell Wright. So. You know, the um, the nice thing on uh, about bringing this kid in, though, is that they're bringing in another quarterback, right? Uh, we do want to see that. That's something that we heard a lot about and then we never really saw. The kid has the, uh, the, the measurables uh, to make it in the NFL uh, as a, you know, who knows what his level will go to, but he has the solid measurables to at least make it in the NFL. So if, if nothing else, we br- we're bringing in a kid uh, that can, you know, tr- maybe become a true longtime backup with the team. Yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, Never hurts to have an extra arm. We, we need to have some talent in development. That's all I'm saying. You know, what, one of the things, you look at some of these teams, and, they, you know, for years, Bears fans have watched other teams trade guys that were drafted like this, right? They were undrafted free agents. They were sixth and seventh round picks, and they developed into something, and somebody else wants them after four years. Nick, Nick Mullins, right? Like, what are the Vikings, Exactly! What did the Vikings just trade for him? You so. know, um, or... Uh, Minshew, I think, was he a seventh rounder? I think he was actually yeah, drafted. Yeah, sixth round, I think, something like that. So, you know, anyway, uh, just bringing in a quarterback is a good thing. Quarterback development is really important to have going on in the background. So, all right, so that's it for this week. Uh, fans, thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah. Uh, check us out on Twitter and uh, let us know what your favorite pick was. Yeah, send us your thoughts. Thanks for listening. Bear down. <laughs>